a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on The Million Dollar Plan, I shortcut the entire process of making someone a millionaire by just inviting a millionaire on the show. Man, my work here is done. Uh, sorry, Boris, for being on the show. Hi, Boris. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I like that you're on the show called Million Dollar Plan. Of course, we answer all financial questions. The point is to make people millionaires, but you're already a millionaire. And what I guess what you're trying to do, from what I understand, is you're going to lay out your plan for how you can retire successfully, and I'm going to see if I think if it's a realistic strategy. Is that is that about accurate? Yeah. Excellent. Where well, where shall we begin? You are uh, How old are you, 55? Am I making this age up, or you're about 55 years old? I am 55 been married for 30 years. Wow. And our plan is to retire at 60. Retire at 60. Uh, you're, uh, Nicole, let's take a look at some of the numbers. So currently right now, Boris, your household gross annual income is $208,000. Uh, how does that break down? Uh, that <clears throat> is my salary of about 140. Okay. My wife of about 58 and then some rental some you know passive income and then how old is your wife i believe we're calling natasha in relation to your boris uh how how old is she in relation to you we are the same age a couple months younger she is and your net monthly income very frankly is pretty low compared to your gross annual income i assume it's because you're uh, putting quite a bit of your income towards your company sponsor, sponsored retirement plan, correct? Yes, yes, we max out <clears throat> our our plans. Which has you? So that was really yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was going to say that's what I wanted to talk about. Is there are so many of these expenses, what I call expenses right now. Some of them are saving items that are going to go away once we're in retirement. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and we, we looked at the, the spreadsheet you sent over, and it was, it was pretty interesting. Nicole, do you happen to have, or were you able to pull up that pre- spreadsheet for us uh, without too much trouble? Yeah, or? hold on. Okay. So, so Boris, what's interesting about that is that you, um, you reduce your expenses by something like 59% in retirement because you're not working and all those sorts of things. Exactly, yeah. I, I recognize there are going to be some new costs that come in, like long-term health care, and then some other things that may increase, like travel and dining and whatever. Um, but just, you know, the, a fifty more than 50% drop just really struck me. Yeah, you know, it's almost, it's one of those things of, you, you do have a lot of money, just FYI. I mean, you have just short of $2 million in long-term savings. But your ability to retire is going to be based on not needing a lot of money, right? Uh, because you've had so much money and you didn't really need any of it along the way because you've, you've been forcing savings. Now that the primary source of income goes away, you've taught yourself how to live on significantly less than you've always earned. Your, your power percentage is what, in the 50% range? Yeah. yeah. So it's a, there, Nicole, go full screen if you can yeah. here on this. 
Uh, there we go. <clears throat> so right now, scroll up a hair. Uh, Boris, your household uh, income is here. Sorry, current income, $17,382 a month. And by the time you retire and take out your 401k and your state taxes and, and social security taxes and Medicaid and all that, uh, $10,279 goes away. So your, your living expenses are between six to $7,000 uh, in terms of need a month. That's a that's amazing, especially given that right now you have two million bucks. Five years from now, who knows? How, what have you projected that you'll have five years from now, Boris? Um, I actually have that. Of course, and it you will do. Be being conservative, I'm very conservative with my estimates, and I assume a six point five percent return should be about two point eight. And then what distribution rate are you using uh, in, in terms of retirement income? Well, so you won't like it. <laughs> Good. Um, it's, it's, it's loaded a little high in the beginning okay. because that's when we're young and healthy. Sure. Um, so it's actually, and, and you know, this is going to change. There's no way it'll play out exactly like this, but starts out at 5.8. That doesn't bother me, especially given that you won't be tapping Social Security anytime soon. Um, you're sort of yeah. The plan is sixty-seven for that. Yeah, so five point eight. So you're going to be pulling off. Uh, well, you tell me. You've done the math. How much? Uh, how much income are you going to be spending off? About one forty. That first year. And that seems like more than enough. So it sounds like you've got some pretty intense travel plans. Maybe is that a, a good guess? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just you know, want to have a couple really good years and travel around, and then eventually settle in. So how long has your plan looked the way it looks now? I mean, I would be surprised if it looked this way for 20 years. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what you do for a living. Maybe you're an engineer. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but if, if it hasn't looked this way for 20 years, how long has it been really in focus like it is now? Um, really about eight years that, I, that it's been to the detail where I break it out at every single age. So and 47 all of years old. And, yeah. 47, yeah, 47 years old is when you said, okay, let's yep. really look at this. What happened at age 47 that got you doing this? Uh, you know, I have no idea. I just, you know, decided it was time we'd always saved, um, always put aside, you know, 401k, things like that, and just decided to get more serious about it and uh, see what it looked like you know, laid out year by year. What was your biggest sacrifice, do you think? You know, I don't, I don't think we make sacrifices. I love when um, people say that, by the way. That's a, it's a trick question. I mean, we, we do what we want to do. Um, we take great vacations. We are generous. Um, it's just, you know, so that's why I think we'd be very comfortable living um, the way I've mapped it out. What's your house worth that you own right now? Your primary residence, uh, I should say. 365. 365. Do you know what you bought it for? 255. And I assume it's you own it free and clear? Yeah. And then what's your rental property worth? 125. When did you pay off your primary residence? It has been we timed that with our daughters starting college because we didn't really save well for college. So the 
plan was to cash flow. Mm-hmm. So we eliminated the house payment and went right to the college payment. Did that work well, that, that strategy? Oh, yeah. I mean, it worked great. But, you know, they say you can't borrow for retirement. Right. So let's borrow for college. Would you retire sooner than age 60 if you could? I would love to. Um, and, and, you know, when I retire, actually our plan has three years of not working and then we each make, I've just jotted down that we'll each make 10 grand for three years because we'll get bored. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm realistic. Um, but I would love to retire from the high stress, high pressure job tomorrow. Can you say, can you, <laughs> if uh, I could. are you willing to say what you do for a living or is that, uh, uh I work in IT. Okay. Now, difficult question to answer. Maybe, uh, you, you've got good answers for everything else, though, so maybe it's not that hard. Uh, what makes you think you are reemployable three years after retirement, even to the tune of just ten thousand um, dollars? I mean, if you look at it, ten thousand dollars isn't very much. You could, I could get a minimum wage job at Home Depot or, you know, something dealing with people. Um, so you aren't relying on your I, primary skills now is what you're saying. I mean, you're not going back into IT with the latest technologies. You're doing something else. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So the big unknown here, which you've accounted for in the notes you sent us, is healthcare, right? And and you've estimated uh, that to be an increase, uh, a monthly increase to your budget to the tune of about $2,000 a month or $24,000 a year. Uh, clearly, you're thinking about it. You know it's coming. You're planning for it. It's within the budget. Um, how much of an issue do you think it'll be beyond your your sort of current measure of it? Do you think it'll get out of control? You know, it's. I have no idea. You know, who knows what's going to happen? I think that I put a pretty high number there. Um, we're we're pretty healthy. Um, you know, I love the HSAs because we pack it and stack it and don't have to use it. You know, I actually keep that money invested. How much do you have in um, HSAs right now? I have, that's a relatively new thing for us. I think I have 25000 in mine, and my wife has just a couple thousand, um, and she tends to, to use it a little, you know, sure. for little things, what? whereas I keep the primarily one for how, long term. How, tell me how you thought through... Um, the assisted living questions that inevitably come with retirement planning, especially the latter stages of retirement. Have you thought through the need for some way to protect your assets in the event of someone going into a long-term care facility? Well, yes. Um, not in great detail. I can tell you I'm not a fan of that for myself. You're not a fan of going into a long-term care facility, or you're not a fan of protecting yourself against long-term care facilities? No, no, not a fan of going into a facility like that. Yes. Um, But I I think we'll probably definitely um, sign up for that, at least in the early years. You know, at some point, I, I think I heard something that, you know, the average stay is three years. Yeah. And so depending if everything goes to plan, we we may have enough to, to cover that and not cause impact to the surviving spouse. Yeah, and if I, look, the, the, the weird thing about long-term care is there's no perfect answer of how do you mitigate the risks uh, associated with leaving the person not in a facility high and dry without money. There's no perfect answer, and the industry is still relatively new. 
What we do know is some of the traditional or what are called traditional long-term care policies, um, A, have continued to increase in price despite guarantees they wouldn't. Um, and you have people not being able to use their coverage because of the nature of how long-term care stays go. And so you've got this new version of these policies being created that are really asset-based long-term care. So Boris, what you would hypothetically do is to take $200,000 of your 2.5 million or whatever it is, and you would dedicate it to an asset-based long-term care policy. And that money acts as not only an asset, but also a, 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 some form of a life insurance policy and a long-term care policy. So I think if at any time you're going to look and, and explore that risks that risk as it is associated with your, your financial plan, I would look at the newfangled asset-based long-term care model. I think that's your best bet because the older versions of the plan are just falling to pieces these days. Yeah. So that is that what they call the hybrid? Yeah. Or is it really that's newfangled? Yeah. I mean, well, it's not newfangled. I, I think I stole that off the, <laughs> the Pringles can that somehow, how the Pringles can, who moved my Pringles can? Someone moved my Pringles can on the set of, you ever watch PeteThePlanner.tv? Don't say yes or no, because it'll make me feel bad if you say no. But if you watch PeteThePlanner.tv, there's a Pringles can, and someone moved it, and I just realized it, and everyone you, just you, got it. You moved the Pringles can. I did? When did I move it? La- last week sometime. We were recording something. Oh. <laughs> I just, Dusting. Man. I just had to yell at myself. Anyway, uh, Boris, what else? What other, what other questions can we uh, address for you? Um... I think that's it. I like your plan. I, th- I find it to be very realistic. Uh, I'd give you 10 out of 10 Peters, right? Which is, uh, that's a good thing, by the way. Um, yep. The only thing I would worry about is the hybrid or asset-based long-term care. And I would probably, if I were you, look at that prior to age 60. Um, prior, okay. Prior to age 60. Because how much of that, how much of your retirement assets are non-qualified money? I know it seems like you've got a lot in Roth, you've got a lot in traditional retirement plans, but do you have any non-qualified retirement assets? Um, we just started the uh, a, a push to get cash mm-hmm. um, to build the emergency fund, if you will. Yeah, and we've got about a hundred grand in it. Okay, that's that's great. That's really it. No other investments. Yeah, other than real estate. I think prior to 60, because you essentially, when you get one of those hybrid plans, it's still based on um, mortality tables, right? Because it's hybrid life insurance product. And so the younger you are, the less expensive the insurance premium aspect of the plan would be. And so you get more bang okay. for your buck because it can it can sit and grow, if you will. Grow is the wrong word for it. But it can, it can sit and work for you, and not as much money of it is going to the indemnification of your health. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to look into that because, I, I mean, right now, I've, you know, one of our my biggest financial mistakes that luckily hasn't bit us is my life insurance has always been through my work. Yeah. So I have their GUI or whatever, and right. it, it gets more expensive every year, and I'm paying about 90 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, now, now it's, I'll say this, but i got to give a disclaimer, too, because I do work for them. But One America... If you just Google One America long-term care, they've got some really good hybrid and asset-based long-term care policies um, that have that life insurance component. So mm-hmm. ch- check those out. But again, I'm not saying that because they pay me to say that. I'm saying that because 
it's true. So there's your disclaimer of the day, Boris. Yeah, yep. So I, I, I'm going to look into that because the regular, like you said, the traditional, um, I see my in-laws paying into that every month. And they keep complaining that the price keeps going up. Yep. And it's like at some point they could get priced out of being able to do that after they've contributed all these years, you know, and then not be able to take advantage of the insurance when it's needed. And uh, so. sadly, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that a lot of people that they're getting priced out or when the time comes, they're like, oh, good, I'm in a facility, which is not a good thing. But, oh, good, I get to use the coverage by the nature of how things go the coverage never gets used. Either someone passes away or someone's out of the facility. And a lot of times there's a 90 to 120 day elimination period, which is basically a time deductible. And by the time they're either dead or out of the facility, the, the coverage hasn't kicked in. So uh, you're exactly right to, uh, to fear that and to be uh, you know, suspicious of it. Um, well, excellent. Well, Keep us updated. We like updates. So just shoot us an email. Let us know what's going on. Great job. 10 out of 10 Peters. That's a very rare occurrence around here. You get a 10 out of 10 on the Peter scale. So great job, Boris. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, our pleasure. All right. That's it for this week's show. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. You know, look, if our job is to make you a millionaire at some point in the future, that's what we try to do around here. But if you're already a millionaire and you want to be on the show, it make my job easier. So just be on the show. Uh, PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. That's all we have time for this week. Make it a good one. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, Tron Regis. from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, Tron, greetings from a faraway land. I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron, can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?